0: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. You're listening to The Leaf Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Murph.
1: All right, James, we are trying an on-site version of The Leaf Report from the Leaf's practice facility. Leaf Report brought to you by Bab Socks, as always. You can chime in anytime you want. I'm not wearing Bab Socks. You know, so Bab
2: Socks have made us athletic socks. And did you see that? I was wearing them at the game the other day. So if people come to the event on the 27th, they can get athletic socks.
1: So, James, tell us about this event. Maybe fill us in with some details.
2: Uh, It's at the Rec Room in downtown Toronto. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you could come for free, and you will get a free beer and potentially a free shirt or free socks. Got a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be fun. Pierre Lebrun's going to be there. Eric Duhatchik will be there. Craig Custance, Arpen, Basu. Come come meet Jonas. Come meet me. Shake her hand. Have a free beer. Thanks for subscribing. And it's September 27th. Yeah, September 27th, yeah.
1: All right, so we're going to chat a little bit about what's going on in training camp, so let's just start with what has caught your eye so far.
2: Um, The thing that has interested me the most is just Mike Babcock's been very, very transparent about what he likes and what he sees and who's where, and it's not exactly, I don't think, what we thought it was going to be coming in. Um, It's almost like some guys who I thought were more established with positions, like maybe Marincin or Dominic Moore or maybe you could think of somebody else like they're like he basically said day you want to camp Kasper Kapanen's probably not making the team and like there's he's been like very very open about some of these these battles we've been talking about mm-hmm. and the the players that Babcock is really interested in Miro Altonen, Cali Rosen, uh, Andreas Borgman are are these like your older European guys that they brought in.
1: Yeah, I wonder what that says. I think, like, with, with with what he's done is he's kind of offered you these opportunities to read between the lines. Like, yeah, yeah. when you mentioned Kasperi Kapanen, he never, ever said Kapanen. He just said, we're not going to be silly with guys who have contract options, basically. So, if a guy doesn't require waivers and someone else we would preferably keep does, we're going to keep the guy who doesn't. He's probably the only one that that applies to, right? Who else is, like... Well, Connor Carrick. Like, they're not going to get rid of Connor Carrick because... Is Carrick Carrick still in entry lost?
2: level? Uh,
1: I don't right. think you can send him down without no, waivers. No, he too requires many. waivers. That's right. the issue. Right. He's so made the team. I, I had but Carrick I think as he's, a lock today. But I I mean, think, maybe he's a 7 or something. But, but that's the point. Like He's made the team because they're not going to risk losing
2: him, right? I think he's made the team.
1: Who else is going to play right D on this team? Well, he's tried Borgman on the right at some points. Like There's guys who can play the offside. He, I, we just know he doesn't like that. There have just been some guys that it seems like Babcock's more excited about than
2: I thought he would be, like Alton and Borgman.
1: Well, so let's get into some of those competitions. Let's start with up front. Um, You mentioned Dominic Moore. They signed him in the summer, one year, one million. We figure that's it. He is their fourth-line center. He's played one preseason game as of this recording. Played 11 minutes. Didn't play very much. Took a bunch of penalties. So I was a little surprised that Babcock then brought up, um, or brought up at some point, that... There was a little bit of a competition there with Alton and kind of being in the mix. I think he mentioned Eric Fair, although both of us don't think he's making the team. But are you surprised that Dominic Moore may be in jeopardy of not making
2: it? That would really surprise me. I mean, why wouldn't you just make him like your 13th or 14th forward and he can kill penalties or he can play center? or And I don't think he had a bad year last year either. So, I mean, I know he's a, he's an older guy. He's but, declining. Yeah, But
1: I think he's still
2: effective for what they need of the role. He's he should be better than Ben Smith was last year. I mean I guess that's not saying very much. No, it's 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 really really interesting. It's 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 like if guys like that aren't making the team, it's it shows how tough the NHL is right now that that these guys who can still probably play in the league or might be on the outside looking in and especially when teams like the Leafs are bringing in all of these European older European guys to take their jobs.
1: So I'm he, not sure I I'm not sure yet if I buy what he's putting out there about Dominic Moore. Maybe there's some strategy involved. I like—I just don't know. Mir Walton, and you know, I wrote about him for The Athletic today, he doesn't really seem to fit what Mike Babcock typically likes in a fourth-line center. Small skill. Small skilled, not a great face-off guy. Dominic Moore, meanwhile, would seem exactly purposed for that. He's good on face-offs. He kills penalties. He can still skate. Though probably not as well as he used to. I just, I, in the end, I think Dominic Moore's on the team. They sort of locked down, and that's that. I
2: mean, you look at who they did bring in in free agency, it's all older guys Hainsey, Marlow, Moore. Yeah. It really changes the composition of this team. This is not last year in training camp, they came out of training camp, the youngest team in the NHL. There's like zero chance of that with all these older guys there.
1: Yeah, well, it's easy to forget. Like, Moore is 37, Hansey's
2: 36, and Marlow's 38. So well, that's. It's, That's getting up there. Those are three of the older players in the NHL right now.
1: So are there any, when we look at kind of the other possible roster spots, I don't think there's anything else up front. Like, is there anybody, Kapanen's an interesting guy just based on what he did last year, pedigree. It doesn't seem like he has a chance, does it? Like, it really doesn't. You didn't notice him, like, a ton in that first preseason game. And I would think if he's making the team, he's going to have to coming in wow right wouldn't he I kind of wonder let me throw this
2: at you like do you think maybe Kapanen is just kind of like a third fourth line guy that like sometimes I think the way the fans talk about him like he's going to be this difference maker I don't know that necessarily it's there I think
1: he's probably a third line guy
2: right like which is 30, fine 35 points yeah penalty kill, penalty kill yeah. good
1: skater perfect for like i wrote about him uh before the season and i started thinking about it he's kind of perfect as a depth guy in the new nhl because he's he's got some skill like he's not super skilled he's not kneel under he can score a little bit he can certainly skate he's decently sized like he kind of fits it's not really the end of the world though if he starts with the marlies and then if someone gets hurt he comes up well that's why it's so easy right you don't need to have them on the team right now
2: it's almost like a real advantage having really good players on entry levels that can bounce back and forth because then if you do have an injury it's not like you have to move up i don't know i mean it'll be interesting it's not like you have to move up a guy um well i mean they've got enough depth that it doesn't even really matter but like let's just say for argument's sake they want to they could call Kapanen up and put him right into their top nine or put him mm-hmm. on the power play or whatever. And well,
1: and they're suddenly positioned that they have more than one guy who can do that. Like, look at some of the guys yeah. that they have. They have Kapanen, Soshnikov presumably won't make the team. Eric Fair. I mean, like, they're going to have... Altonen. Like, suddenly, Johnson. suddenly yeah. if they had all these injuries, they actually have guys who could probably come up and be semi-effective. Just as good. Yeah. And that's like, that's going to be the point. And I thought it was interesting in talking or learning a little bit about Miro Altonen is one of the reasons he chose Toronto and, and the choice was Toronto or Vegas was that they looked at it. A Toronto was his team on the rise, lots of potential, but B, they also looked at, you know, the contract situation that Toronto was going to be facing at some point. They were going to have to sign, you know, Matthews, Neal and to second contracts, which means they were going to have to move out other players which would create opportunity in in some sense for someone like him. Right. And I think you can kind of block, like, Andreas Johnson. And I thought it was interesting, um, Mike Babcock brought up Carl Grundstrom, as a guy who's like really caught his eye early at camp, obviously he's not
2: going to make the team. He was gushing about him. Yeah, the interesting well, thing about Grunstrom is he has to either make the NHL or go back to Sweden. So I guess he's going to go back to Sweden. Well, maybe
1: you can explain why that's the first round pick thing. If you're not a first round right, pick,
2: you're not a first round pick, and he's under contract. But I think it's because of where he was picked. Right? It's it, because it's of where he, he's picked. Right. Whereas Lilgren can
1: play if you're with the you're a European Marlis. first round pick, right?
2: Yeah, it's like a transfer agreement that they've worked out with the leagues over there. So that like they it they don't want all of their players playing in the AHL. That's one of the things that really bothers those European leagues a lot.
1: Well, so let's look at the defense a little bit. Um, I think we came into camp, and maybe this was stupid, maybe this was fair, um, expecting like Marincin maybe to have kind of the leg up. Um, as the that, seven guy, right? Or at least, yeah, or like maybe even as the, the five, like part of that five-six pairing. It doesn't even seem like he's like in no. the conversation now. No. no.
0: So we've seen... I think he's in
1: real tough to make the team. He's been with Marlies the entire training camp. And yeah. So like what we've seen from camp is Callie Rosen's played with Carrick. So that would kind of tell you that Callie Rosen's probably leading the pack. Yeah. And then Dermott... Uh, he played to... with Lilgren in the game. Right. Yeah. And Mike Babcock was very complimentary right. of him after.
2: So to me that says, though, that they're looking at Dermot Lilgren as being the top pairing defense yeah. pair for the Marlies. Maybe. And then maybe they're getting a jump on that, but... If Dermot, I think Dermot looked a lot better than, to me than Borgman. So, I I think Dermot's the best of those three players. It's just a matter of what they think at the end of camp, and he's only 20 years old. And is he going to be a guy like happening that bounces back up and down?
1: Well, so let's count. So we know six are. Wow, well, do we know six are making the team? Like, do we know for sure uh, that they'll keep Marincin? No, I don't
2: think so. No, I mean I think that they certainly could put him on waivers and then that's the end for
1: him. That would be an interesting end to his Toronto career. Or Leaf career. I guess it wouldn't be the end to his Leaf career. There's every chance that... He could if, go down and could still come
2: back. someone could call him. They could call him up if someone got I mean, hurt. Maybe you just keep him as a 7 because it doesn't make sense to have Rosen or Dermott sitting games.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. Like, it, There's no way I don't think that they keep two rookies. Because what's the point? Yeah,
2: okay. So... Then, so, th- then there's no point in sending Merchant down that, and waving him. Yeah, I guess you need some veteran guy who's just going to sit in the press box all the time. Right.
1: So that that unless would it's mean Polak, that- but it doesn't seem like Polak's going to be ready in time. Right. So that would mean that two of Borgman, Rosen, Dermott get sent down. Right. That makes sense. But so do we think? I, like, do I put the over under on how many games Marcin is going to play in the NHL this year at
2: like a really low number? like 20 or less. What do
1: you think it is with that guy? Because like you were pointing out to me today that the no- the possession numbers in that first preseason game
0: <laughs> were good and yeah. they're
1: all well yeah. actually last year they weren't great. But generally the year before when he played a bunch with Morgan Riley, they were also good. I don't understand like maybe it is all comp like maybe he just can't get it. Do well, you talk where, to him? I mean, he's he's a weird cat. He, like I can't. I, he was like a riddle. He was like yeah. I, there were so many things he didn't want to talk about. He didn't want to talk about um, the appendectomy. Why? Like, I, don't, I don't. have. I don't know. I, maybe it's private. Like I, yeah.
2: I talked to someone who knew him in junior when he played for Prince George, and they said that he was. I think he was there three years, and they said it was hard to get to know him. <laughs> he's there living for three
1: years, and well, he, just he's a very closed off person. So he seems to really. Well, we've talked about this. He seems to really struggle with his confidence. Right. And, like, maybe we underrate that sometimes for NHL players. But it for any walk of life, like, if you're not confident in your job or the job that you're doing, you're probably not going to do as good a job. And, and I thought Babcock was really interesting about it. Not only did he basically say, you know, if you keep getting these opportunities and you don't grab it, at some point you're just not going to get any more opportunities. And you're not in the league anymore. <laughs> you're not in the league anymore. But he also, like, mentioned, like, some of the things that, that – Mention does well. He kind of rattled them off real quick, though. Kind of like he called him an elite defender. Yeah. We know he is prone to hyperbole from time to time, but it's tough. Like if Murchin doesn't have
2: confidence, and the only way he's going to get that is by playing a lot and getting minutes and whatever. How, it's the chicken in the. How egg. is he going to do? Yeah. Like the the best he ever looked. We've talked about this so many times. Is the end of that? Was it? Uh, 15-16. yeah the 15 16 season he played 20 25 games with Morgan Riley in the first pair and it's like this guy's a top four defenseman like that's that's what he looked
1: like for quite a while he said that was the best he's ever played that, He but looked, that but there was also, really good there was like, also nobody else like so they had they had to give him this opportunity and you know like you just said like you need the minutes and then you start feeling good about yourself and that's what Babcock said like I can't give you confidence like it can't be manufactured you have to have success and then you start to feel good about yourself Then you play better and then you keep your job he could be out of the league like very soon he's RFA at the end of the year unless he comes in and has a great year. I so best case scenario we we'll probably talked about Marincin
2: too much but like best case scenario for him is so they keep one of the rookies um, and one of the rookies struggles or someone gets hurt and Marincin mm-hmm. comes in and that's going to be his chance.
1: So you mentioned Dermot. I think he's really intriguing, and I'm working on a story about him. Um, So I won't talk about that. But I think Borgman's also pretty interesting. And I can tell you some things that I've noticed about him, Um, some that don't matter, some that may matter. He's got a million tattoos. Not a million. He has a lot of tattoos. He's really ripped. He is really fit. Um, He's a golfer. I'm working on a thing on, like, the... the
2: the weigh-ins and like the the training they take all all their measurements in training camp like the height and weight and and all that kind of stuff and uh borgmans went up like 10 pounds or something like that so i don't know if that's i don't know if that was like a mismeasurement of the the, maybe they just had the numbers from europe or whatever but you know it's he's like six feet tall like 215 pounds but the
1: one thing i did notice about him in that first game he played he's kind of like got like a fearlessness about him like he's He's aggressive. I remember watching one of their informal skates. In a bad skates. way in some cases, too. Ba- right. I watched one of their informal skates, and he was just, like, always jumping in the play, always trying to make something happen. Well, did you read the story that Josh Cloak did for us? I haven't I'm read like, it yet. It's it was on, a, like, my two-do list.
2: So he talked to the the coach over there in Sweden, and that's what he said, is that the thing about uh, Borgman is that he's just always going. Like, he's always just, like, active and, like, pushing the play. and hmm. So well, he um, might be, like, too okay. aggressive right now. Given he's still trying to learn the league and those kind of things.
1: Right. Well, and, and if I'm Babcock, Rosen kind of looks like a safer commodity. Yeah. Really good skater, moves the puck. He hasn't really done anything that I've just been... No, he's kind of boring. He, yeah. But maybe that's what he wants in that spot. I think Dermott's a better player than both those guys, but... He's certainly more dynamic. Right.
2: And I does. think Dermott's going to be a top four defenseman in the NHL.
1: Well, you can see at some point... Uh, you, I, guess I mean, he's 20. It's, stupid, it's stupid to reject pairings, but you could see at some point him playing, like them having Riley, Gardner, and Dervitt. Oh, yeah. I mean, that could happen on now. the first day of the season <laughs> Yeah, I guess in Winnipeg. Trying. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, let's quickly talk about the goaltending. Um, I'm really reluctant to read too much into one yep. half game. We need to see more. We need to see a lot more. But there is potentially an opening, you think, for... Maybe we talked about this last week. But maybe based off on the first preseason game, if we see a few more games like that from Curtis McElhinney... Didn't look very good. Then it get, it gets to a point where Garrett Sparks... But I gonna think Sparks is going to have to look
2: really, really good, and McElhinney's going to have to look terrible for that door to open at all.
1: He would have to have the Jonas Enroth four starts yes horrible. That's hard.
2: what I think they're going to do is give McElhinney a chance to play some of those back-to-back games. And if he's got an 880 save percentage or something after that, then then I think, you know. But, yeah, we, I think we did talk about this last week. Yeah, It's so, the same kind of thing where Garrett Sparks is a lot younger, but you can make a case he's the better goalie already.
1: Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We're doing a quicker
2: podcast today. Yeah, we're just trying to fit some stuff in. To, I'm trying to think about... I mean, there's a lot of what, what we should probably talk about. There's a lot of focus on Connor Brown being on the fourth line, and there probably shouldn't be. And Mike Babcock talked about it today and said he's going to get minutes on the power play and the penalty kill, and
1: you know, um, it doesn't matter. It's the no. It's not. We're not even at the first day of the season, right? Even if he starts on the fourth line, it, it's not. Things tend to work themselves out. How and did so, Babcock
2: put it? It was like. Uh, he doesn't want to be the 10th forward or something like that and, and then Babcock said he's not and,
1: like he's not going to be
2: 10th among the forwards in ice time. That's not going to happen. That's true. So then he's not on he's not really a fourth
1: liner even if he's playing with Moore and Martin. And performance dictates basically where you play. He started last year on the fourth line and eventually moved up in the lineup, scored 20 goals, killed penalties. The interesting thing with him is he's probably still not going to get any power play time. I guess maybe. Because Marlowe? Well, because but they're going to have four forwards on each unit. I guess, yeah. But go back to last year. He, he didn't get a lot last year, and they've added another player. So do they keep Komarov in front of the net?
2: There's all this talk about Marlowe being the middle guy. That he means like the high middle guy, right?
1: No, I think Or does he mean he in front meant, of the net? He meant... Maybe we shouldn't get into details because I don't want to... It's harder to explain mm-hmm. over... Well, on the power play, but he, he, they're doing a diamond. They Babcock got, mentioned putting Marlow in the place that Brown was last year. Which is the middle, like in the middle of the, the diamond. I don't think he played on the middle. I thought he
2: played on the side. Okay. But that's where Matthews and Nylander are going to be on that unit. Right. Komarov in front of the net. Anyway, it's I mean, so they're, they're looking at working in Marlow with Matthews and Nylander on the power play. I think you asked why switch it up when the power plays both did so well last year kind of that's what i tried to ask i don't think he understood my question i understood it yeah but i mean you got to put marlo on the power play right i mean that's and 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 his response was because he because he gets 20 he'll get you 20 or whatever
1: we got lots of guys who will get you 20 he's a really good power play player or he has been historically throughout his career not the same degree but babcock did go off a little bit when he was asked you know why isn't marlo replacing hyman at even strength at even strength his logic makes sense. I, when is the story going to die? Maybe it'll die. Like, maybe what will happen is... You know what has to
2: happen is Hyman has to pot a few more goals, and then it'll be fine. So,
1: interesting thing with that is I talked to Hyman a little bit about that, and he worked in the offseason at trying to shot. get shots off quicker. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he knew exactly what most people saw, is that he had a lot of opportunities last year. I heard he, he was with the in. skill
2: development people working on his shot a lot. So
1: And, and his shooting
2: percentage was really low don't know yeah. that he's going to be that. So, I mean, if, if Hyman can produce a little bit more offense and Matthews and Nylander continue to work their magic, there's no problem with that line at all. There's no problem with that line. I that mean, line they, was good last that year. That was one of the most productive lines in the NHL in the second half of the season last year. So uh, who cares if one of the guys doesn't put up a lot of points? Right. Who ca- Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. If it's
1: one of the best lines in the league, then... Well, and if you have two guys by the end of the year who have 70, 80 goals between them... Right. You're happy. And Hyman has 15. I mean, like,
2: who gives a flying crap if, like, the other guys are scoring? I don't know. I I, I agree with Babcock. It's a great possession line. It produces a lot of offense. What's the problem?
1: I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) is that it for the podcast is it yeah I think that, that we're gonna to
2: but we're gonna try and do it every week so some of them are gonna be shorter and suckier and this might be one of them <laughs> that's
1: good well, thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> okay again the podcast is brought to you by Bab Socks. we will be back next week hopefully with a better episode this was kind of put together we're like minute. we were to trying to do this
2: yeah. at the rink we're at the end. arena standing next to the washrooms and people are walking by awkwardly so so maybe we, this yeah, we won't do this again okay thanks for listening Thanks for tuning in to The Leaf Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle.